You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network and The Conversation with Adam Weber, lead pastor of Embrace Church and author of Love Has a Name. What is up? I want to welcome you to The Conversation. My name is Adam. I am excited, overwhelmed, and overjoyed that you are tuning in today. I hope it's been a fantastic week so far, so far on your end. It's been a wonderful, lovely week here. I, I, want, I want to encourage you, before we get into things, I want to encourage you on a regular basis to find time just to sit and be still. Find time, whether it's five minutes, whether it's 10 minutes, just find time to sit and quiet your soul and just be still and sit with God. And for each of us, that might look completely different. For you, maybe it's early in the morning. For others of you, maybe it's between nap time with kids. Maybe for you, it's at night. For me recently, really over the last few months, I've gotten in the routine. I I don't have to drop my kids off right now for school. And so I've gotten in the routine of getting up and getting out of the house right around 7 a.m. And I'm on this kick where I love Starbucks. I drink a grande iced coffee, sugar-free vanilla and cream from Starbucks. So I swing by and I, I get my Starbucks, but I cannot sit inside a Starbucks because of what's going on in our world. And so this might sound nuts to you, but I go and I find kind of a quiet corner or a sidewalk that I can sit on. I pull my car to the side of the road and I have this old, old school lawn chair. It was actually my parents' lawn chair. It might be older than me. And so I park, I get my lawn chair and I I sit on a random sidewalk. That sounds bizarre, but it's what I've been doing for the last like month and a half, two months. And then I just, I'm still, like sometimes I bring my phone. I try not to. A lot of times I just leave it in the car. I have a devotional that I'm going through right now. I've mentioned it a, a couple of times. It's just called how to be somebody. It's just a solid, awesome devotional. So I, I bring that out. I, I do some reading and then I'm just quiet and I look around. I listen to the birds. I watch traffic drive by and judge me because I'm sitting on a lawn chair and it sounds so weird. And yet, honestly, it's become such a vital part of my day. Just finding that time 10 minutes for me. I try to sit there for 30 minutes or 40 minutes and I'm just quiet. If someone walks by and it ends up turning into a conversation, that's great as well. But my my only goal during that time is just to sit and be quiet and sit and listen to God. Just to be quiet and just, just to tell him what's on my heart, tell him things I'm excited about, things I'm stressing about, just to sit and be still. And so again, I, I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe it's driving. You go from, from your house to work and it's 10 minutes that you just turn off the radio and you don't listen to a podcast that day. That sounds terrible and heretical as someone who's got a podcast and yet you don't listen to a podcast. You just sit and talk with God or maybe at night you just go on your front porch and you're just quiet and you just listen to God and you, and you tell him what's going on in your soul. But I, I just want to tell you, find the time and you have the time. You're just using it elsewhere. You do have the time. I promise you. I have four kids, um, pastor in a church, bunch of other things. It'd be easy to say I don't have the time, but I absolutely have the time. So I just want to encourage you to find the time to sit and be still with God. That, that's my first word of encouragement today. The second thing before we get into the episode that I want to let you know about, you're the very first person hearing about this, actually, the very first group of people that are hearing about this. Uh, so I have a book launch team. I got a new book. I've mentioned that a time or two. It's called Love Has a Name. It releases in August. And to help get the word out about this book, I am asking for anyone who is willing to help me spread the word. And so I have a book launch team that you can be a part of. There's a limited amount of space 
spots on it, but I would love to have you on my book launch team if you're willing to do that. That feels weird for me to ask you, but I'd be so grateful if you'd be willing to do so. To sign up and be a part of it, you go to Adam Weber with one B, adamweber.com backslash launch. So again, adamweber.com backslash launch. There's a simple form that you fill out and it's, 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 it's great. And so again, I would just love your help. All I ask of you uh, to be a part of the book launch team is three things, uh, to, to pre-order a copy of the book and then to write reviews. I'll, I'll tell you all this information again at adamweber.com backslash launch, but write a review on the book, an honest review. And then the last thing, if you'd be willing to share about uh, the book on release day. That's the three things that I ask of you to be a part of, of the launch team. And then here's what's sweet. So out of all the people who end up becoming a part of the launch team, right now so far, and I think this is gonna grow, right now so far there are 68 people who are gonna win a prize. So anybody who does the, those three things, they're gonna win a prize, 68 people. The prizes are pretty stinking cool. It's everything from gift cards, gift cards to Chelsea's Boutique, gift cards to uh, Target.com or, or Target in general. There's a whole bunch of signed items I'm giving away. I'm giving away a signed jersey from the man, CJ Ham. He's the fullback for the Minnesota Vikings. There's signed records from Matthew West, signed books from Bob Goff, from Mark Batterson. Uh, two people are going to win free coffee drinks for a week. How fantastic is that? One winner is going to win $200 plus a three-night stay uh, at, at a house. It's an Airbnb at a house mentioned in Sioux Falls. And so if you live away, you can use that $200 towards your plane ticket to fly here if you want to. If you live regionally, it's just $200 to go have awesome time and stay at this Airbnb. Uh, one of the coolest prizes for me, uh, the late Eugene Peterson. I have 10 signatures of his on the, these cards that, that, that I'm going to be giving away to people who are, are part of the launch team. So there's a whole bunch of prizes that you can win and receive, go to adamweber.com backslash launch. Okay, that's the longest uh, pre-thing like thing ever towards an episode in today's episode. Let's get to that. I sat down with a fellow that I've crossed paths with a couple times now. His name is Brent Yonker, and he is incredible. I absolutely love Brett. I mean, one of the most fantastic, wise, kind, humble-hearted people you'll ever meet. He's the worship leader at Passion City Church. Uh, more specifically, he, he's one of the worship leaders for, for Passion Worship. There's a high chance that you've sang one of the songs that Brett has written himself. He's an incredible man. We talk about worship. We talk about the church during this weird, bizarre time. He shares his story. Uh, Brett is seriously one of the greatest people. He's, he's somebody that I look up to and respect in so many ways. So that's, that's, that's what I know. As always, sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation. I'm here with worship leader. He's probably most well known to people listening in with his uh, being a part of, of passion music. Uh, much more important than that, though, he's a, he's a husband and he's a father. Brett, just want to welcome you to the podcast today. Huge honor to connect again and cross paths once more with you. So good to be here. Hang out with you, Adam. It's awesome. 
Yeah, Brett, just uh, from the get-go, you're, first off, you, I don't know where you're sitting, if it's outside the office there, but I am officially jealous of whatever's behind you. <laughs> this is our, yes, uh, behind me is the Success Records offices and uh, here at our building in Atlanta, uh, Passion City Church, one of our locations here in um, kind of in the Buckhead, uh, between Buckhead and Midtown in Atlanta. So. That's cool. The time we crossed paths, I was at Passion City with Brad Lominick and we were getting a tour of the offices. Yeah. And the pl- the part that I asked for on the tour, I said, "Can you walk us past the job openings because I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put my two week notice in after visiting this place <laughs> and try to be a janitor or something like that in the building." But come on, <laughs> man. <laughs> no, Brett. Go. Yeah, Brett. I just want to really just want to hear your story. Um, yeah. Just your bit, you've been someone, even before we met in person, you, you've you been someone that I've just looked up to for years. Um, more than great music, just I feel like you're, just your heart, you can see it from a stadium away. And and so just would love to hear just your story, even like starting with your kind of hometown parents, what did they do occupation-wise, Christ, how you came to meet Jesus, just kind of ready, set, go. Yeah, I grew up here in Atlanta, um, outside Atlanta in the suburbs, uh, Marietta, uh, just kind of north of town. And that's where my parents grew up. My parents dated in high school, which is crazy because that doesn't happen a whole lot uh, anymore. But um, yeah, so my parents, um, they were amazing. They both met Jesus um, when they were like in middle school and high school and uh, was really part of a great youth group and just put their lives on a path. And so faith has been a big part of my family, um, my family's journey. Uh, They were the ones, my dad was the one who led me to Jesus when I was really young. Like, I think I was five years old uh, when I remember putting my faith in Jesus for what a five-year-old could get. And um, we had a lot of ups and downs in life. You know, my dad had cancer in 1995. He had leukemia. and so I saw my parents, you know, really, I saw, my entire life, I've watched my family uh, just trust God. And that even a few, a few years after cancer, having a bone marrow transplant um, and doing well, my dad lost his job, but then decided to start his own business. We moved down to a smaller house and just really watched my, I saw my parents my whole life basically put um, whatever was in their hands. They would just, they had open hands and, and trusted God. So me and my sisters, I grew up in that kind of an environment of, of faith and belief that God is who he said he is and he'll do what he said he'd do. And I watched the word of God uh, just guide their life. And so I was always, I was a church kid. I went to a private school, Christian school. Uh, so I was just surrounded by it all the time. And, um, but in my journey, just middle school and high school, I got around um, a few people and things that really kind of broke down that kind of religious mentality of like, I had to earn my way to God. I had to perform, you know, I think being in that environment, growing up in that environment, it's real easy to kind of let that seep into your relationship with God that, you know, um, I've got to somehow do all the good things and not do the bad things. And God's going to be cool with me. But um, I really began to get grace as a middle school and high school student and to realize I wanted my life to count and matter most. And that's, that's, when I got around um, like my pastor, Louis Giglio, and the Passion Movement, this is like, for me, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I was just going to ask. Yeah, I was sneaking into, I was a high school student sneaking into a singles Bible study called 722. And I'd never experienced worship 
like I had before, just the presence of God, like something was different about this place. And, um, and then I heard the teaching and I really began to understand um, at a deeper level, the story of the gospel that yes, God loves me. He, he died for me. He came to, he sent his son to rescue me, um, to be in a relationship with him, but it was ultimately for his glory so that I could um, let my life count and matter um, that I could, I could link my life up with him and his life and his story. And so that was, um, that was an important, important thing for me and, uh, and really big days. And so went off to college, University of South Carolina. My dad basically said, Hey man, you can do whatever you want. You see, I go get a college degree. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I was like, great. And so I was a business major at University of South Carolina. Um, you know, again, just got around the, in those years, went to the passion conference and, the music was certainly, um, I, that's where I resonated so much. I always found my, my place just serving in church with the music. I think I've always loved music because I see how it unites people. It brings the world together. Um, I would, I was growing up, it was just fat. I really wanted to be in the NBA, but um, it just wasn't in the cards for me. And so I, um, but I was uh, always would serve at church in that way. But I think the music of passion, uh, the, certainly the message of passion um, is, 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 is really a message beyond passion. Yeah. The more I got down into it, it's it's a way of of thinking and seeing and approaching life to say that God is about God. And that's great news for us that I can, I can, I can endure suffering in this world because I have a greater purpose. I, I can, you know, I, I can walk through life um, because I have Jesus and yeah. it doesn't just end with me and it doesn't just end with my life. And so, um, so that, that was, that was a big, big piece of me in college. And I would intern at some churches and it was in those years that I just felt called to ministry. So I moved to New York city and I helped with a church plant up there. It was amazing. Uh, just years of going, God, I want to, I want to go wherever you lead me. So what's the, what's the name of that? What, what was the name of that church? It was called the Gallery Church. It's still going on there. I've got some great friends that are leading it still. And, um, uh, and yeah, so I was just helping a church get planted in New York City as a 22-year-old wanting to take over the world, you know. And but I realized then I what kind of after getting, getting out of school and really I have a lot to learn. And so I moved back to Atlanta and got around some older, you know, worship leaders, guys that were beyond me and um, – that's really when me and my wife started dating too. my wife, Ansley, and just started a band of guys. And we traveled to every single student event that would have us, whether we're playing on a high school sidewalk somewhere or some type of youth conference, D-Now, weekend thing, whatever it was, we're going to be there. So um, That's crazy. Really, so really, 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 really quick. But before I, before you dig into that, um, had music, when, when was music initially a, p- a part of you, like it, the worship part of you? Did that happen yeah, I think before college? In yeah. In high school? In, in high school. My, um, uh, I, I swear, where I met Christian Stanfield, who I'm still playing music with, we were 14 <laughs> and we had a youth pastor who, um, really just spoke leadership into our life. And, you know, I don't know if it, looking back on it, it was probably just like he, he was just doing what he can with what he had, but he was really big on student leadership. And, you know, looking back on it now, I'm like, he just didn't have a lot. And so he just asked us to do everything. <laughs> but now I'm just joking. David really was one of those, um, David Peacock was his name. And he just, he 
he had a way of speaking into the potential of students and he gave us opportunity and he helped guide and shepherd us along the way. And, and so that was a big, big part of my life. And we saw God doing a lot in our youth group. People were coming to know Jesus. And, and um, that's when I started leading worship and, and just really felt God and, and, and saw God moving. And I just feels like I have to do this the rest of my life. I don't know. Yeah. How, what it, and I think the older I've gotten, the more I've realized what I love is being in a space with people where they get it and their a light bulb comes on and they see God for who he is and their heart blows up and they fall in love with God and they want to devote their lives to him. Yeah. And so I think that's what it is for me about being a worship leader, being a songwriter, being a pastor, being a husband, being a dad, being a friend. I just want to be in that space where you go, oh, I see God now and I or I see what he's doing. And, um, and so that's, I don't know. Yeah. 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 That's, it started there in high school for sure. So you come, you come back to Atlanta, you start playing with this group and is that, is that the start of passion music then? Like this Yeah. I mean, a lot of the guys like Paul Whittinghill and Brian Carl, Ray Corey, like we've been playing youth events for (laughs) over 10 years now. And so, um, but all of us in this time window, a few years after I moved back to Atlanta, Passion City Church got started. All my heroes moved to Atlanta, you know, to help start Passion uh, City Church. And so, you know, I didn't ever think I was going to lead worship here. I was like, I just loved what God was doing and wanted to be a part of it. And so we were and a lot of the guys in my band and the band felt the same way. And so. Uh, we would just show up and serve and be around and help out. And then ultimately um, doors of opportunity opened up for us to step in and serve and lead. And so over the years now, you know, probably about six or seven years ago, um, just Louie and Shelly and the leadership here just kind of identify, hey, then the next wave of maybe musically of what we want to do is maybe more of like a collective band that comes from people that are serving here at our church in Atlanta. And it would be an expression of, of what God's doing in, in our movement and in our community here in Atlanta. And so that over the years now, you know, uh, Christian Melody, myself, uh, these guys, other guys like you know, Chris Donovan, Jeff Lawson, uh, part of our band as well. And so um, it's just been, been really cool to see what God's done uh, over the years as we've just been building here. That's a, that's a, that's incredible. One other thing I want to mention too, is just your, 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 your parents and just seeing them walk so faithfully my, I feel like I've had a front row seat to seeing my parents do the same. Um, yeah. my, my parents are, are quite young and yet really have had a lot of health issues and I've seen them, I've seen them downsize houses now twice. Um, and not because they wanted to. Yeah. And, and seen my dad's health like really deteriorate. And, um, I told him I've never been more proud to be his son than I have wow. like right now. And, yeah. and it's just to see like so clearly what it looks like to faithfully follow Jesus. And yeah. it's one, it's one thing to follow Jesus on your best day. Um, it's another thing altogether to follow him on your worst day. And, mm-hmm. and just to see that, to see that, you know, I wish my parents didn't have to experience what they are. It's just been such an honor to see my parents walk through that. And I think that's so shaping. And for you to have that at such a, I, I, I wish I could have learned that lesson. Now, obviously not through them, but I wish I, I wish I could have seen that modeled even at a younger age of like what this looks like to genuinely follow, follow yeah. Jesus. You know, it's just kind of, it brings a richness that you can't get otherwise yeah. um, to your walk with Christ. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think just 
even when you think about it, you know, we're in a relationship with God and the best relationships in your life, like the good ones are deep because you've also, you, it wasn't just all, you know, uh, good things, easy things yeah. to hold. You know, we, uh, even before we got on, we we're talking about Jane, Catherine Wolf. And I love what they say is that you were made to do the hard things. And, and so it's even in the hard things that God would fortify us and the, the hard days that God actually like building inside of us and making us who we are. And um, so it's, I don't know, it's tricky to, whereas I think sometimes in our, our culture and our current state, it's hard things means, oh, I should run away from this, or this isn't, this isn't right. This isn't the right path, but difficulty doesn't necessarily mean that. And it just might mean that, you know, God's going to actually do something in you as well as he does something through you. That's so good. Really looking at passion city for a second, and even just to honor Louie, um, we, we were talking about this before we recorded too. Um, Chris Durso, it's pretty cool to think about. He came, like, basically said he came to Christ through 722 and was driving right. from tennis, was driving from Tennessee to come to church. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I mean, it's just even not, not even just Louie, but also yourself, Brett, like, like just to honor you for a second, like God is, when I think of Passion City, I think of yourself. And so it's, 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 and I know Louie models that so well. It's not just one person or even one couple, but it's so many people. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now a message from a network supporter. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This podcast is sponsored by Denison Ministries, which is a movement creating 7 million culture-changing Christians who are committed to carrying out the truth of the gospel to their sphere of influence through a variety of different ways, which is why Denison Ministries is excited about sponsoring what God is up to on the Conversation podcast. One of the cool ways Denison Ministries helps Christians feel closer to God is through their first 15 devotional. First 15 is designed to help you spend the first 15 minutes of your day experiencing God through scripture, worship, and prayer. You can sign up for First 15 email devotional at first15.org backslash subscribe or start your day off with First 15 devotional podcast anywhere that you listen. Would there be one or two things that you feel like you've learned just from being in that environment that you're just like, man, I, I, I think so often we kind of are in environments and we are so used to it that we don't realize how foreign it is. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. has there been, has there been two things that you're just like, this has profoundly shaped me, or I think it's maybe what makes it special. Man, that's, that's a great question. Um, yeah. I mean, our, our church, is, is special. I think, um, yeah, I would just say that the, the faithfulness to the calling, um, I've seen that model with William Shelley. Um, and then I think that's just a, something that I definitely didn't get when I was in my twenties for sure. And, um, but just to see now and having seen the arc of, of a lot of people's lives and life and ministry, but just, uh, the people that 
I have a lot of respect for people when I see them in their 40s and their 50s still with that same sense of fire and urgency that they had in their 20s to reach the world for Jesus and to disciple people and to raise people up and to give people opportunity and to serve others. And so I've just seen that with the, the, the leaders that I've gotten a chance to be around, um, the ones that I certainly look up to, uh, just the faithfulness to the, the calling. And that, like you said, there's a lot of ups and downs with that. There's a lot of difficulty with that. Um, and then I think just in my time here, um, yeah, I, that would Man, it's so it's a good question. Um, I mean, trying to, You're like so, I could write so many, I could write a book. I could write a book. Yeah, I mean, in humility. Um, I I would say that's one thing that I just I hope that continues to mark our us in our house. You know, it's um, is you can be a really strong leader and you can be really humble at the same time. And um, and so I've, I've seen that I've experienced that and with with leadership in my life. And so I hope. I, you know, especially I think it just shines bright in the days that that we're um, that we're living in. I think when you see a humble leader, you see a strong leader, and it just it shines really, really bright. I think too, I've learned just in my time in ministry life, um, you know, uh, just how to see how God wants to use all aspects of your life, and and. In, in days where like what we see online and everything, everybody knows this, like an online persona isn't like the whole, the whole story. And so, you know, I'm married, my wife, Ansley, we've got three kids and just to see, you know, I want what to be true of me. I want to be uh, the same guy that I am as a husband, as a dad, um, that I am as a worship leader, as a songwriter on an interview. Um, and to see how my call, it's talking about faithfulness to the call, yeah. that God, those things aren't at odds with each other, which I think sometimes we can, we can make those things at odds with each other, but they're actually, there's God, all those things can work together and God has, has positioned and placed us wherever he has. Um, so that, you know, that's making me who I am, you know, being yeah. a husband, being a dad, being a, being a pastor, being a, a songwriter, leader, um, in, instead of, you know, putting what, pitting those things maybe against each other some days, but, and, and that's been a lesson, lessons that I've, I'm just learning over time. Um, and really just going, God, help me, help me be all that you have made me to be you know, and all that you want me to be in, in all of these spaces of my life, because God wants to leverage all of those things going back again to what I learned as a college student for his glory in the world so that other people go, wow, look what God can do or look, look what God is like, you know, so all those things are important. That's, that's so good. And I, I would have never put my finger on it, but when you were talking about just the culture of Passion City, humility would be one that absolutely is at the top. Yeah. You know, and just see it modeled through yourself, see it modeled through Louis. I've always said Louis preaches, he leads with brokenness. Mm. Like he, he leads with, I haven't got it all figured out, but I want to follow the one who does. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. you just see that. And I, you know, just to speak to Louis and just being around him I, and getting to see him over the years. And um, I think Louis is a, a man who is hungry for God. And he wants to know God and he loves God a lot. And, um, and I just, I'm, I'm, I've been inspired by that. That's definitely shaped 
a, a lot of who I am, a lot of his, his influences have shaped me, you know, reading when I got around Louis, then I started reading guys like A.W. Tozer and other, other, you know, great men of faith. And, and, um, and I, yeah, I just, I love that about, about him. It's just a hunger to know Jesus and to love people like Jesus. Yeah, no, that's so good. So kind of, kind of changing questions. Um, if you, and I know this is going to probably be hard for you to, to wrap your brain around. Like, I just feel like you have a gift of wisdom and I feel like you're wise beyond your years. And, and, um, what's, what's, two things though, maybe specifically around worship, like as a worship leader, what's two things that you wish you would have known when you were 20? Like, just like, if you, if, if there are two things that you're like, man, I just wish as a worship leader, I wish I would have known these, these things. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Even when you're asking me the question, I think, I think about the simplicity of, of loving and worshiping God as like a 20 year old with like, I think you're, you're asking me is like where worship leading is like my job and it's like my yeah. profession. So there's a lot that you have to navigate and, to, <laughs> you know, not let it's a job. So, you know, if you're in ministry and you're watching this like ministry, it's, it's your passion, it's your dream, it's your desire, but it's, it's, it's a job. And so that kind of, you've got to do a lot of work there. Uh, I feel like to, to sort out your heart and your mind and, your soul at times. And, um, but I think about being, you know, a 20 year old loving just to sing to Jesus in my room or to be at church and to just pour out my heart to God. And so in some ways worshiping Jesus was like really, really simple, um, in those days, but I would, I don't know, someone asked me this question, not to like flip the question, but I, I think what I would say to myself is don't lose the, don't lose the desire to really run hard and know and follow God and help other people. Don't lose the simplicity of those days in these days, even though things are more complex. And um, as you grow, grow into new levels of responsibility yep. and different things like that, but you don't just to remember the basics of things to go. I, you know, I love Jesus because he saved me and yeah. he is amazing. And I want to, you know, we worship the more you know God, the more you fall in love with God. And the more, and that's what worship is. Worship is us just loving, pouring out our love and devotion to God. So that's what I would, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if I fully answered no, the question the way you no, asked that's, it, but thinking that's, about that season of life and this season of life, sometimes that's, that's what I've been thinking about recently anyway. <laughs> sometimes it's the most basic things. And I, even for my, myself as a pastor, it's interesting. Like you said, when it's your job yeah. to nav to navigate and walk through that. And what does it look like to be true to feelings that you're feeling as you're preaching a message? that's maybe not like you're not feeling in that moment, you're discouraged, you're whatever, you're worrying about something. Like it's just a lot to navigate sometimes of, okay, is yeah. this a, is there some performance? Is this heartfelt? Like some, sometimes yeah. those kind of can go around in me. Totally. Well, and it's, it's like everything. It doesn't, it just means it's more complex and you have more responsibility than you had on your plate when you were there. And so it just, it, but I think helping and remembering like, okay, what is the, point the point yeah. is is that i have been rescued by jesus i'm his son and and right now i want to serve him by doing this and i want to serve his people by doing this and 
I, I just as a as a ministry leader and as a church leader, church worker, I just am always having to realign myself into those spaces to go, okay, but now I can step up and into the responsibility that he's put before me because it's different than when I'm 36. So it's not like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to, it's not all rainbows and unicorns and, you know, <laughs> just all in my room, just think, you know, no, I've got to deal with life and I've got to lead and shepherd and step into the complexities. But I think if you know the basics, if you have a solid foundation, you, you can just do that. That's so good. That's so, so good. Last, last question I have, just kind of an honest question for you personally, just with everything virus wide, like just the world being shut down. I was just even watching the news this morning and hotels um, are looking at going just their occupancy and letting rooms sit empty for 48 hours at a time before the next wow. person uses it. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like yeah. just, I keep, uh, so we're the only state that our, whose governor didn't officially ever shut down the state. So that yeah. kind of tells you a little bit, we're in South Dakota. We do have electricity and we have cars here as well, just in case you're wondering. Your internet's working great, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. But has there been, like, in the midst of all this, has there been just kind of an honest, like, really discouraging part of things, like, for you personally? Like, this is just really discouraging. And then um, just, like, church-wise, worship-wise, is there anything that you're just like, this is such an exciting time at the same breath? Mm-hmm. Like kind of two sure. polar opposite things. Yeah. I mean, I think the discouraging stuff is like, I mean, obviously, you know, seeing, knowing people who've lost their jobs and knowing people um, who are just, I mean, navigating everything from the pandemic to um, all of the racial tension that's in the air um, yes. right now. Um, and, and just wanting to continue to be a voice for hope. I mean, I, but to get real personal, I mean, yeah, I think, even just the feelings of being disconnected. I mean, we have the internet. It's amazing. Uh, what a gift in this time to be able to still do stuff like this. It's amazing. Um, but it's not the same thing. And I think we all feel disconnected. When things are breaking all around you, you see the, the it just shines. A, when you put pressure, it just shines a light on the things that are really broken in and around yeah. your life. And so we definitely felt that in and around our world. And so, you know, yeah, I think just, that feeling of being super disconnected to friends, family, relationships, um, church stuff. Um, though, I've, you know, there, there are exciting new opportunities that are before us. And, and I think to, to that second question, you know, I, I think that's happening on a global, global scale is there's pressure being put on the world right now and it's breaking the broken the, the broken systems are, are shaking and crumbling. And I think God's even making a way for new things um, to emerge and to right wrongs that have been in the world. And, um, you know, as it pertains to, to worship, I do believe, you know, I don't know when, and I'm certainly no expert on when everything is like, when uh, that's not my zone. But I do know that the scripture tells us to not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And so the gathering of God's people is important. And I think that might look different. And I think as church leaders and ministry leaders, we need to be thinking about that. But to get together to worship and to pray and to open up the word of God for the preaching of the word of God, I think that's important. I think God has cared about that and the 2000 years of the history of the church and the, ch- the church has obviously navigated a lot of things in the world. 
And so I think that's to be a student of history um, is to know that we, we, the church has navigated it before. And as leaders, we need to learn that, understand that and, and have vision and ask God. And if you're, you know, and you need to pray, we all need to be praying for all levels of leadership to have the vision and for God to give us that. But I do think that, you know, I, I think people are hungry to get back in the same room. And I know that when we've done, if we've been broadcasting and doing things and every now and then somebody will new, will be in the room when we're like doing our gathering and, and, and doing the broadcast. And you've, if you haven't been in that space, like if you haven't been working on a broadcast and all of a sudden someone's in the room when, when we're worshiping and preaching and it's like, they're all of a sudden like over there weeping. And it's like, I haven't been here in three months. We did a thing out. I'm looking out over a parking lot. We did a drive up thing for our key door holders, which is our, our volunteers. Yeah. And just to be a car in the parking lot, being together, people were like, like, I just wanted to be connected into the body of Christ. And so I think, you know, we got to, we got to figure out how to keep, keep, keep the family connected. God wants us to be gathered around Jesus. And so we're going to, we're going to do that. And, and, um, and worship's going to flow out of that as people come to know Jesus, as we continue to hold up. And, and to hold up the message of the gospel in, in, in the midst of everything that's happening, to be a voice that points people to Jesus in the process, because um, that's what we're here for. And so um, I don't know how that's going to happen, and I don't know what it's going to look like. But I think just, again, going back to what we're saying, just that's the basics. Like, that's, that's why we exist in the world, is to, is to help lead people to Jesus. And so you know, that's what I, I want to be doing. So we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I do think, I think though the expression of worship, I mean, we're just, everything is going to change out of this. And I think for anyone, any one of us to sit around and think that, oh, it's going to go, it's going to continue to look like it did. I just don't, I personally don't think that's what, I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, but I would think that the expression of worship is going to look different. But, you know, what I do know is that as God works in our life, as he touches our, our soul and our spirit. And, and as we, ex- I love, you know, the, the, we, Matt Redman, I think is one who says you, you like inhale the grace of God and you exhale the praise of God. And, and I think that's just going to continue to take different. The expression of that is going to continue to look different. And so my eyes are open. My ears are open. My heart is open. And I want to be, I want to be, in the mix and i want to continue to leverage my voice um to tell jesus how great he is and to give glory to him and to help lead and encourage people um to come and and know jesus that was was amazing (laughs) (laughs) i was like i just keep on going just keep on going that's just i think for me it's more of a posture of leadership right now and i think it's okay for leaders not to have answer not to have all the answers of what it looks like but to go hey my I'm looking and I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to know. And, um, and God will, God will lead his church. He always does. And he's the one that's leading us. So we just want to follow him. So. Yeah. Brett, I, I can't thank you enough. Um, anyone listening, go follow Brett on Instagram. Uh, we would encourage you to follow him there. Obviously follow his music and what he does there. Um, just to say it, I, I, sh- I shared this before uh, we started recording, I've been in the room, enough green rooms with musicians and authors and conferences and whatever else. And that's, that's fantastic. And I'm so grateful for the ways that God uses different people. But the thing that I look for personally, like when I like fanboy 
uh, a fanboyed up is looking for someone who has a life that's just overflowing with the fruits of the spirit. Even if they don't have a book deal, even if they don't, they can't sing, whatever. That's for me, those are the VIPs that I look for. And Brett, the, the fellow that we're listening to right now, I mean, it's him. Just words that I, I feel like I would use to describe him, just both in the, the short time that we connected, but also just online and through his music is just kind and gentle and wise. Um, I just feel like those things sum up who he is. And so again, Brett, just a huge honor that you take the time to sit with this Yahoo. And um, no, man, so good. Thank you for what you're doing for encouraging people and being a place of connectivity like we're talking about even in these days. And uh, it's awesome. We appreciate you, Adam, too. Thank you. Conversation with Adam Weber. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. You can find more from Adam Weber on Instagram and Twitter and at adamweber.com. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.